You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry, passions and challenges that they're facing. I'm Abby Stokes. I help businesses connect with tech talent and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Hitesh Sharma, Eric Ivarsin, and Akshay Jain to discuss how do companies have a successful cloud transformation. Before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, we will work our way around the room with some introductions. So Hitesh, would you like to kick us off? Yes, thank you for the opportunity, Abby, once again. <laughs> uh, so I'm Hitesh. Um, I'm working in DevOps and cloud domain. Um, professionally, I've been into DevOps engineering and architecture, and now I'm more inclined towards product management and strategy. Apart from work, I like learning new things. I recently completed my master's, and uh, I love instructing group fitness and dance classes as an instructor. Yeah, that's me. Nice. Lovely. Eric, you next. Yes, hello everyone. My name is Eric Iverson. Uh, I work as, as, as the CEO of uh, Red Pill Impro CX. Uh, we are a consultancy firm uh, specializing in Salesforce. So I'm at the core a Salesforce architect. Uh, and uh, at my free time, I love the traveling and uh, doing a bit of workout, etc. So that's me. Nice, you'll have to go to one of Hitesh's uh, workout things then after the yeah, uh, podcast. <laughs> nice. And last but not least, Akshay. Hi, thank you for having me here. My name is Akshay and I work as a DevOps lead in NEP Group, Oslo, Norway. Uh, originally, I'm from India, but I'm living in Europe for last six and a half years. Originally a software developer, but I faced many challenges during my software development tenure. So I transformed myself into a cloud professional to, to fix the problems which I face personally. And... Uh, I live with my wife and recently I became a father of a baby boy. So my life is still roaming around days and nights, cries and diapers. So that's it. And looking forward to talk more with all of you and look sharing the expertise and chit chats about the modern way of dealing with cloud. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. So now that we've each got a context to all of you, we'll move on to the topic in focus. So you all provided a question or statement to do with how do companies have a successful cloud transfer? And as usual, we'll work our way around the room where you can ask each of your questions and give your thoughts. So first up is you, Hitesh, and you asked, if a company decides migrating on a public cloud vendor, such as Azure, AES, what are the factors that they should look into before choosing it? So tell us a bit more about your question. Yeah, these days companies are uh, moving towards cloud technology and preferably they are focusing on uh, major cloud vendors in the market. Um, not to lose uh, GCP also in the list. Azure uh, and AWS, of course, Amazon is the number one as we see the list and uh, how much it penetrated into industries. Um, so what should we or what industry should look uh, before choosing the right fit and the right cloud uh, in early during the transition um, Thought. So yeah, that's my question. Maybe we can get some insights from the experts. Actually, what do you yes. think? So so that's a very interesting question, Hitesh. And it's not always easy to choose uh, one of those. Uh, as you said, there are currently three major providers, but there are still some new vendors coming in. So it's always a tough decision for IT managers to decide one of them. But personally, I feel there are multiple factors which should be considered before we choose one of them. First one is, I think, uh, the company's existing cloud footprints. 
if companies already into some cloud then that makes more natural sense to go with the existing one if not then there are other things to consider the first one is of course uh, the availability of skill sets does the company already have uh, right people to do the do the work do the job so some companies already having a certified aws engineers then definitely they will go for aws otherwise they can choose uh, azure or gcp or blue ocean or, or whatever another factor i think that's most important is the cost because uh, at the end uh, clouds are optimized to to give give you return over the investment so if a company is not gaining the financial benefits of moving to the cloud, then there won't be any point of the cloud transformation. So they should do their maths or calculations based on the workload they are going to, to deploy to the cloud. So for example, some services uh, are cheaper in AWS, but they are like a bit expensive in, in Azure. So based on the services which they are going to utilize to the most, they should uh, do this financial calculations and decide which one is uh, best. And uh, I think one more I can think of the compliance, uh, especially in the Europe regions, because most of the European compliance says like the data should live within the EU. So so companies should should check if if the cloud provider has the data center in the EU for the service which they are they are going to use. Because because uh, if that's not possible, then it won't be easy because of compliance point of view to move the move the applications to the to the cloud. Some small factors could be like uh, services offered and the latest and greatest uh, software available. For example, if some companies want to use Kubernetes and they wanted to use latest Kubernetes offering, so they should check which one is providing the latest one. Yeah, that's it. So there are multiple factors which should be carefully considered and that will help companies to choose which one is, is a good good or go for for them. Thanks, Akshay. Nicely explained. I could summarize it. You said uh, so depending on the type of experts uh, in hmm. the industry which we have, the cost estimations of different cloud come see the comparisons make the financial right decision mm. compliance european region eula uh, european rules and regulation that should be compliant depending on the industry type also it can be uh, significant to have those uh, regulations in place and you also highlighted the services offered by the cloud and your yeah. use cases yeah definitely uh, these are important ones um, um i 100% agree on these. Maybe there are more, but these are the, the significant ones. I totally agree. Um, on that, Eric, do you have uh, any insights on this question? Yeah, I would say that all those that has been mentioned are, of course, all valuable and uh, key things to uh, to consider. Uh, and when, when you do this selection, you typically do it with uh, an architectural review, of course, of the landscape that you have. Uh, and what uh, what you are uh, what you are seeking in that way uh, in order to fulfill those requirements that you have around compliance, data governance, uh, fit for purpose, and uh, maintainability and scalability as well. Uh, but also looking into, like it has been mentioned, costs and uh, uh, how their uh, licensing uh, is functioning as well, how easy you are to scale up and also scale down if your priority changes, for example. Uh, and another uh, key aspect, as I see it, as uh, I think it was mentioned as well, about the, the internal competence or the willingness to invest uh, in these new technologies. Because if you don't invest in time and uh, effort and money, basically, you 
a great platform will bring you nothing. Yeah, nicely explained. I was just thinking in Amazon, uh, it's the global leader in uh, cloud and it's been uh, the first one being introduced. Um, so it has uh, the lot of services right now and most of uh, most of the companies prefer it. But uh, if we see uh, that the similar services are coming sooner or later in the competitive environment and the oligopolistic nature of uh, the cloud vendors right now, I was just thinking if we need to choose one of like uh, the expensive uh, premium services of uh, Amazon versus the best known uh, company, Google, offering the same services at a cheaper rate and we can trust google because we know google is google so uh how do how do we make comparisons there uh do you have any thoughts on that like amazon versus google with the same set of services and same requirements assume that we already have uh, uh the best people to work on and yeah. they are skilled in both yeah maybe i can elaborate uh, more on this so of course amazon is market leader but you know this financial and the the numbers are always changing so in any quarter sometimes i have seen like google has done better than the amazon but but majority of the cloud systems are on aws that's that's a matter of fact but but another expert which also uh, uh, matters a lot while choosing the cloud provider is the support provided so if you stuck in your cloud journey some things are not working your production is hampered then you should check which provider has the the best capabilities of providing real time support so does google has that capacity do they have the right people to support you in your emergencies that's also i think biggest factor another thing which also can help you to decide between gcp azure or microsoft is your existing ecosystem so um, most of the companies nowadays are into office 365 ecosystem or they are using microsoft azure ad so they are too much into microsoft already if they are using windows so they're most of the employees are into windows then azure makes an, a natural choice for them or some companies if they're into like google workspaces they are already into google docs google drive gmail then they will maybe go for for gmail yeah, mm, nicely explained. Eric, do you have any thought? Uh, nothing real to add there. Uh, to be mm -hmm. honest, you all brought up so uh, so yeah. valuable uh, points. Uh, so uh, uh, I would be uh, I would be confident with uh, with working with you on cloud transformations in regards to selecting the platform. Those were really good insights. Uh, but I, I just want to push again about the, uh, the, the similarities that those three uh, top ones that you mentioned all have. Uh, and it, it, in, in my experience, it comes down a lot about uh, really small things about key, key players at the, 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 the company selecting these, right? I mean, someone might have a preference and they might be pushing that. And since there are so little differences in, uh, uh, in those key aspects, it, it feels like for a company, it can go either way. If you are uh, highly invested in Microsoft in your tech stack since later, and you have a lot of Microsoft knowledge amongst your employees, it's, it feels like it's an easier move towards Azure, for example, than perhaps it is to go in another direction towards Google Clouds or AWS or similar. Yeah, thank you so much for the insights. I think I'm done with the answers. I'm pretty much satisfied. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Has anyone else got any other final thoughts or anything they want to add to that question? No? 
lovely seems like you're all going to go into business together um nice eric we'll move on to your question next and you asked what are the biggest pain points or pitfalls with the cloud transformations that companies may face so tell us a bit more about your question yes so what i've uh, what i've um, uh, experienced a lot and talking to to different types of customers etc and seeing a lot of these cloud transformations are that there are a, a couple of normal pain points or pitfalls that you that you typically uh, run into for example that you are you're you're purchasing a new nice platform and you are investing in that but you you might not be so uh, eager to change your existing workflow so you're trying to build what you have in the cloud basically and then uh, assuming that everything will be better uh, in a way, and also this that uh, regarding the required skills for your employees uh, to have them trained and invest in the internal knowledge. Uh, consultants are great for uh, scaling up and being able to establish this, but as a customer, you will always sit with the product. Consultants come and go, and I say that as a consultant. So I mean, the internal knowledge that you are that you are building and uh, investing in. That is really, really key in my in my book. Uh, and also when we get to uh, dealing with legacy systems and decommissioning, I've seen a lot of pitfalls there as well regarding the eagerness to de decommission uh, an, an old legacy system in favor of something new uh, and an improved architecture. I mean, I've, I've heard multiple times that this system is so crucial, we, we cannot touch it. It was built so long ago. We don't really know how it works, uh, and those types of uh, of uh, pitfalls that you you need to get over in order to really benefit from from uh, from a cloud transformation, basically. And I'm really eager to hear about your thoughts regarding uh, common pain points or pitfalls that can be perhaps mitigated before you start, or at least something to to keep track of during a cloud migration or a cloud transformation as well. Yeah. So maybe I can uh, tell something about this. So uh, in my experiences, I will categorize the challenges into three categories from three different kind of people in, in organization. First, like challenges from management's point of view. Second, I will maybe cover challenges from engineering point of view. And third one, maybe, of course, from the end user's point of view. So from management's point of view, I think the biggest challenge to start the journey will be the cost. So the cost is not only about the cost of cloud vendor. As you already said, like companies have to spend a lot on trainings as well as re rewriting or re-engineering the applications. So you have to redesign or re-engineer or re-architect your, your applications to best fit to the cloud. That costs costs money. Second challenge with uh, management can face is like resistance or, or maybe because it's a big change so if companies having legacy systems so people might oppose it because they have to relearn or redo the things or they have to re change the way they have been dealing with the things for long so and the second category from like technical point of view engineering point of view it's like uh, the complexity so cloud systems can be a bit complicated in the beginning so it's not uh, easy to to start with and if a system is already up and running and plenty of users are using it and you simply move it to cloud things can go against your expectations if you made a wrong move so in that case it could be an engineering nightmare and the another thing which from engineering point of view i think is the security uh, because most riders are into this fair responsibility model 
So when you were running your things in your data center, at least you were in charge of everything around it. So you were less worried about the security. You you were not thinking like other people also using your shared hardware because this was your hardware, only your things were on it. But if you are now moving to the cloud, a same server can be used by some other people. So you have to really, really make sure your security is strong enough. So of course, physical security is the cloud vendor's uh, responsibility. But other than that, it's your responsibility. So since developers are new, they are still trying to write the code or applications for the cloud. So if they made a mistake, your your things might go in the wrong way. And last from user's point of view, uh, it's like user experience. So if if you have chosen a wrong architecture or wrong services in the, into the cloud, then your end user might, might suffer. So for example, if you are setting up a content CDN, content delivery network, and you have chosen the wrong configuration. So your users are in Americas, but you have chosen your servers in a pack. So until today, you were having your own servers in Americas, but now you have chosen to the cloud, the wrong region, your user will see a significant downgrading of the performance. So these challenges, I think the, the most uh, significant ones, which, which companies might face before they start their cloud transformation journey. Good input. And uh, how about you, uh, Hita? Yeah, I think uh, to start with, I would say moving anything requires effort and could be sometimes um, like full of challenges. And uh, to just take an analogy of uh, moving to your new apartment, putting the things in boxes, getting them ready to ship. What if they break or lost in transition? Um, everything requires a plan and strategy to put it all back together. So cloud migration is no different. And uh, as you said, uh, that there are legacy systems. You highlighted it that we don't want to move uh, from legacy uh, because we are dependent on that. And we might think of just doing lift and shift there. Um, so let's uh, let's agree that assuming that it's a mainframe system, they have been here for like last 40 years and they are not going anywhere. Uh, if we think of cloud. So we have to see some solutions that takes uh, somewhere in the middle and we have uh, the existing mainframe systems in the cloud or something somewhere in the middle that matches uh, the cloud uh, benefits with the existing stability of the system. So maybe re requiring uh, infrastructure as a service there could be more feasible um, just to not uh, like uh, re-engineer or uh, disrupt the functionality of the service. Um, so yeah, this decision has to be made precisely on that. And uh, there are some components which can be uh, which can be divided into microservice architecture, but if not, and if you want to be more stable, if you are not have the experts who can do that, because it requires a good effort to design your application into microservices, then you can think of some somewhere in the middle, like maybe uh, rather than going into full microservice portfolio, you can choose application uh, containers in which you can have one application per container and just um, migrate that application container to the cloud. And when people or your uh, in-house employees, uh, not consultants, <laughs> employees get familiar with the containerization and how the registry works, how the pull push works in the registry and uh, the security around the credential LDAP is set up. Then you can go to the next step of re-architecting those containers by uh, distributing into microservice architecture of 
um, the application. And uh, if you are having that application from a third party vendor, then you can work together to have a good microservice design. Um, so yeah, these are two points. And uh, and also you said, uh, like uh, Akshay highlighted regarding what if uh, you have designed uh, or you have done something wrong at the first place or you have architectured it in in a way which is not the best way like uh, CDN or uh, availability zone in some other region. Just to mitigate that, it's very essential at the starting of uh, the journey that you should have a service level agreement with the cloud vendor and maybe have uh, some technical experts like TAM or Solution Architect from the vendor because I know the, all the major provider provides such services. You just need to pay them uh, and you can get the benefits of uh, those expertise from the vendors uh, who themselves have prepared it. And if you have a certain different requirement, you can put them up in front of them and they'll be there. So that's really essential at the start when you are planning for re-architecturing re them. Uh, and if you uh, design, if you are confident they are, your in-house uh, employees are fully expert and you can migrate it, uh, then definitely you can save some money over there. But I would highly recommend to uh, go for a, a better uh, level agreement with the cloud vendor to get those premium services uh, to make sure that you are transitioning in the right way and you are not uh, doing anything which is not good for the long term. Yeah, don't go inside Hitesh. And uh, uh, I would like to add like challenges which we might face into the future. Uh, so currently we discuss only the challenges we, we face at the beginning, but there are some challenges which you face even uh, your cloud has been running for, for a decade. So so challenges like vendor login. So if your systems are fully up and running, they're highly reliable running on, on any cloud platform. But now if you, you have a wrong, wrong thing in your place, like suddenly AWS raised their uh, pricing, but the same services are now cheaper in Azure. But you are since already into AWS, so you are kind of locked into one vendor. Now, kind of there is no way to going it out or moving to another cloud. So if if people have built their systems in a cloud native way, it means they are locking them with a vendor. So some people prefer a cloud agnostic strategy, so they don't use the native services provided by the cloud, but they use like generic things. So like instead of uh, using AWS Lambda or, or S3, they highly rely on just the EC2 for everything or virtual machines. So they can move the same thing to, to the other provider or maybe move it back to the on-prem data center. Second challenge could be like uh, a sudden increase into the popularity of another cloud provider. It means uh, your new programming language has better APIs, better SDKs for another cloud provider. So like Go is from Google. And it's the most fancy and the popular language nowadays. So that's natural. That's obvious. You will get your goals um, more into uh, GCP and less into Amazon or or, or or Azure. So you might face some issues from your developers, uh, like they don't want to move to GCP from Azure. So these kind of challenge also are, can be there in your future or if you are already into the cloud. Yeah, definitely. And one, uh, I would like to just pick up on what you said in the beginning there, Hitesh, uh, regarding uh, moving. It's like moving to a new apartment, right? Uh, and I mean, I, I see that it was a really good analogy because it, it also relates to, uh, I mean, data migration uh, in a sense and cloud migration in general, where you typically, before you move to a new apartment, it's really nice to get rid of those 
legacy things that you don't want to pack down and you don't want to spend time putting together in your new apartment. So uh, uh, in general, getting rid of some things and improve the new place where you're living. So I think that was a really good uh, analogy as well. And also regarding the, uh, when, when we get into actually what you mentioned about future uh, pain points and pitfalls as well, do, do you think that in, in general a pitfall is also when you have, have been on a cloud uh, provider, for example, for five years and in how, how do you how do you ensure that you that you can take the step and either scale up and invest on the platform you are on or making a shift to a new platform because to, to me that feels like a very big step for a company to uh, to move to a new cloud platform in five ten years uh, when they are settled on one uh, at the moment. Yeah, so it actually depends on how your system has been architectured. So if your system is highly into into the cloud provider, then definitely there's no easy way of going it out or moving to another provider. So, so one way of dealing with it, like if you have made up your mind, like we also want to move or to keep two cloud providers in our ecosystem, then a gradual move should be done. So if your system is on microservice architecture and hundreds of services are running onto one cloud, maybe you can start moving your new services into another one. So gradual move will only be the answer to, to start this movement instead of like moving everything. Because this journey will be even more complicated than you did the original transformation from your on-prem to the cloud. So cloud to cloud move is, in my opinion, is is, is more challenging than on-prem to cloud move. Because now you have things to compare. Uh, so both are in cons. But uh, so it's not easy thing to to do. I'm really totally agree with you. But the answer is, it should be done gradually if you have made up the mind. Yeah, that sounds good. And maybe in uh, 10 years, we will we will be discuss discussing more of those cloud to cloud transformations yes. and not necessarily on-prem to cloud. So that uh, new challenges arise uh, arises basically all the time, right? So that's fun yeah. as well. Uh, on that, I have another thought. I was just thinking about uh, cloud to cloud migration just based on maybe one cloud to just have other uh, diamond or premium services or just a specific USB and industries want to move to the new cloud. I mean, it happens with a lot of technology we have seen so far, like uh, infrastructure as a code. Uh, I mean, uh, this, uh, what we say, Terraform and CloudFormation is totally in these days. So technology is changing day by day. Um, and uh, if we just compare it with the, the services, like if I'm having Netflix and Amazon Prime has a series, uh, which is really a hit in Amazon Prime, I'll not definitely switch my Netflix uh, membership for Amazon Prime. I'll stick to Netflix because it's been there for with me for the last five years. And I'm used to those clicks buttons and I am aware of the next uh, se season coming for that series, which I'm used to see. Uh, just because Amazon Prime has released a hit, I, I will not switch my service provider. So just thinking about human psychology here and uh, the how behavior pattern works, I think it might not be very much uh, like uh, a shift coming from one cloud to another in future. But it could I could be wrong also. But it's just a thought thinking in the long term. Um, but yeah, that's my uh, skeptical opinion on that. But 
Yeah. yeah, and g given my number of uh, subscriptions regarding those types of services, uh, I can uh, say that I would then be in another uh, another camp from you there of having multiple ones, uh, multiple um, clouds uh, service providers, and rather trying to fit them all together and pick from this and that basically when uh, what I would like. So maybe I shouldn't apply that uh, structure to to my cloud service operations but uh, yeah another good analogy yeah lovely nice and uh, akshay will move on to your question last and you asked should companies lift and shift their legacy systems to the cloud for a relatively fast transformation or is it wise to re-engineer everything in a cloud native fashion to leverage the benefits of fully managed cloud services so tell us a bit more about your question yes yeah, sure so maybe I will explain this question with our analogy of it is like moving to a new apartment. So so that I have two choices if I wanted to move to a new apartment, like if I want my same interior, same appliances, same kitchen set, same TV, same computer, everything. Maybe I can simply deal with the movers and packers company. They will come pack my things and simply rearrange in the same way to another apartment. Second wave, if I got a like demanding wife, demanding partner, and he or she wants to have a brand new interiors or maybe a lovely matching uh, uh, curtains, then I need to rethink or re-engineer everything. Like I may not want my old sofa in the new apartment. I, I will be re do it, redoing it. I don't want my old mattresses. So similarly, we can think of our cloud transformation. So if some companies, for example, are they are going to dismantle their data centers and they just wanted to move the cloud as soon as possible, they can simply move their applications as it is without rewriting them. Or another choice, if they are into not into hurry and they really want to leverage the, the, the real parts of cloud, they have to maybe rewrite their applications. Instead of doing like um, copying it as it is, they might need to re-architect or re-engineer or maybe data transformation and everything and move it. Of course, that journey is expensive, but in a longer run, your systems will be more cloud native and you get all the th benefits from the cloud. So it's, it's always confusing for me, like what's best? So we first lift and shift and start our journey, a second choice, maybe first let's re-engineer and then move it after two years. That's what I'm looking for the answers from our fellow panelists. And from, from my point of view, I would say that, that there isn't a single answer uh, to that question. In my mind, it's so dependent on uh, on the feasibility from, from the customer in, in general and their appetite for change as well. Uh, because um, I mean, it, it's like, of course, when, when you when you build a fancy new UI over legacy API uh, system or microservices, even talking to a, a, an on-premise database that is really slow, your UI looks good, but it doesn't function the way that you want it to to be, of course. And the same thing is with cloud uh, transformation in general. Uh, but overall, I mean, I believe in a phased uh, phased uh, approach, basically where you are able to prioritize what is most important to move at the moment and then rather establishing a, a good and realistic roadmap for getting uh, getting the benefit realization that you want but you need to invest the time as well and not perhaps it doesn't fit you to do everything in one go maybe it fits some customers maybe it doesn't fit all so i mean from from a consultancy perspective that i come from you need to have a really open mind regarding this 
uh, when you're proposing some type of roadmap related to that. Okay, and and uh, I think it depends on, on on the way your current system looks like. So, for example, if you're already into microservice architecture, it means your application doesn't really care about outer environment. So, if they are running inside a Kubernetes cluster, then I think it it will be easy move even if you are doing a lift and shift because if your applications are already into designed into a cloud native way a microservice level architecture then it should be an easy move to lift and shift otherwise if you are heavily into linux on-prem servers running centos and since centos is no longer exist or just going to shut down then it it i think it will make more sense to re-engineer and move gradually as eric said mm, yeah definitely so i mean it, it's all it all boils down to, to to prioritization, I should say. And also, mm. I mean, it's an investment in, in time. It's an investment in competence. It's an investment in, in pure dollars in, in that sense. So it, uh, it's um, it's hard selection what to what to migrate and when to migrate. But I'm, I'm in general, I'm all for investments and uh, re re architectural in the best possible way, mm. given your uh, your um, uh, your baseline and where you want to be not only tomorrow but in 10 15 years as well yeah that definitely makes sense yeah. you have something to talk about this Hitesh? yes i was just thinking uh these lift and shift and uh, uh, changing and refactoring and moving then is uh, a commonly discussed thing during before the transition process uh, so I think uh, lift and shift is simple. Take system from data center, run it on cloud. Uh, everything is up and running uh, in um, less effort and quite quickly. Um, and it's easy to get on and get off. You are not vendor locked. If you want uh, to switch vendors, it's it's pretty easy because it's the base Linux instances if you are using Linux or Windows. Um, and majority of uh, Cloud migrations today are using this strategy. Reasons being uh, they have uh, little expertise in um, cloud uh, services and the managed services being provided. Um, they don't want to involve consultancies much, and they are just looking into the market and watching other people are moving to cloud. Let's move into cloud, and this is the cheapest, not the cheapest, but it's the most uh, fastest way to impress your leadership. See, we have moved to the cloud. Do you want it? We we delivered it. So <laughs> it might be uh, good to watch it that way, but getting into the details, if you see how efficient you are, you might be lacking a lot there. So you'll not get the advantages of um, scalability, portability, and uh, managed services, horizontal scaling, high availability, whatever. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of things uh, and whatnot. So you are lacking something there. And uh, if you think of cloud native uh, migration, moving and reconfiguring your services uh, before moving to cloud and preparing it, uh, be, uh, preparing it more cloud native fashion, um, I, I think it will be more expensive and time consuming. Even your developer should be ready to deal with the complexity. Uh, you get you can later reap the advantages of scalability, portability, and uh, all, all that which comes with the cloud native applications. Uh, you don't need to, uh, for, and also for the maintenance, you don't need to patch or upgrade the systems. You have to deal less with the security aspects, like uh, much of them will be provided by the vendor itself and you have to uh, little or less uh, do some security uh, measures to 
I'll just upkeep the system and services running. But uh, it could be that uh, you might be vendor locked in cloud native fashion. So it's it's not which one to choose. It's like you have to make a very uh, right like good decision at the start by looking into the pros and cons which your um, management needs, what are the objectives of your top management, and ultimately where we are going, how we see our long-term plan and goal. Uh, so I think we need to weigh all the benefits and uh, find the best spot in between all the pros and cons. And uh, what I would suggest, if I need to suggest, uh, I would suggest uh, going to some hybrid approach in which we, if, if a services have... Uh, just for example, if we need to have a, a three-tier app on cloud, then we can think of one front end somewhere and then a back end on a Linux instance um, um, and have installing our back end code on the Linux instance on, uh, on a VM, for example, EC2. And for uh, the DB, instead of uh, having a Linux instance and putting uh, our uh, SQL uh, maybe Oracle on that, on the top of it, I would maybe recommend using RDS. Um, or if we are using NoSQL, then we can use uh, Amazon Keyspace for uh, maybe Cassandra or some other platform as a service for some other use case. So instead of uh, going 100% into cloud native fashion, we can think of something hybrid in between. And when we think that our services are microservice ready, uh, we are uh, having a competent uh, employees working uh, and maintaining those services, then we can gradually think of uh, moving into cloud native fashion and 100% uh, by reaping all the advantages of cloud and uh, scaling uh, being one of them. Yeah, yeah uh, cool. And so actually I got my answer. So so conclusion is like, it's not an easy thing. It, it definitely depends on the situations as both of you you mentioned. So definitely, but it's it's worth investigating uh, before rushing to the real implementation. So companies should invest time on the actual planning and sort of have like a vision of, of their clouds outcome, what they are looking for from their cloud journey. So by evaluating these things, it will be easier to decide, I think. Yeah, hmm. actually I've also seen uh, when uh, business grows organically uh, the, and when we, uh, I mean, most of the employees, when they are changing the companies and stuff, um, they don't know what their existing infrastructure looks like and how their architecture looks from the core and they are far away from the core. So when they are migrating, they might realize that we have some servers lying over there and we are just utilizing 10% of the CPU. Maybe while migration, they realize that. And it's it's good to realize sooner or later. And at that time, they can make more efficient choices. And again, it's a hybrid approach they can choose. Like instead of using the, I mean, we have 10 CPUs in one server. Maybe we just need one CPU for that server. Then we can reduce the VM size. Or maybe we can use a managed services, which does the same task or use a function as a service just to do one little task. So uh, right choice can be made while we are thinking of transitioning and what services we are transitioning during the journey rather than thinking and signing off on the papers right on the day, lift and shift or <laughs> this this <laughs> approach. So I think that will be very hard. So yeah. 
we can gradually organically move to cloud and that's pretty much okay with the most of the management i think yeah. mm, and it's, yeah. al it's also so dependent uh, on your on your tech stack and what uh, what systems and what you're what you're actually moving into the cloud if it's infrastructure or if it's pos or sauce for example because from from my my background as a, as a Salesforce architect and Salesforce customer relationship management, PaaS and SaaS basically, and building apps on the Salesforce platform. Uh, what what my pure recommendation always is to to rethink the existing workflows and realizing your business case through optimization on PaaS and SaaS uh, solutions. So there, shifting and lifting is not not really applicable because you are creating new stuff on uh, on the uh, software as a service platform as salesforce is so from from that perspective but typically salesforce or a crm platform is just one part of your ecosystem of course and you might be moving a lot of different things infrastructure and uh, other uh, topics as well uh, but uh, in my world uh, lift and shift is uh, can be good sometimes, but the hybrid approach, I fully agree with that. Nice, lovely. Um, has anyone else got any final thoughts over on the whole podcast topic? No? Lovely. We'll leave it there then. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Hitesh, Eric and Akshay for providing your insights and thank you to the listeners as well. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.